Welcome to the Life After 50 show. Hi, I'm Katherine Watson, and I'm glad to have you here today. We have got a wonderful guest that's going to be talking to us about anxiety. I'll bet there's a few of you out there that have experienced a little bit more anxiety lately. I know I have, and it's helpful to know what we can do about it, how to how to deal with the anxiety that many of us are experiencing with COVID-19. So I'm going to be bringing on a pharmacist and he's going to talk to us about both medicines and alternative treatments that might help you with that anxiety. So add your questions below in the comments and we'll answer them real time. Uh, if you are watching this show as a replay, you can still put your your comments and uh, questions in. I'll make sure we get them to Dr. Patel so that he can answer those questions for you. All right. So today's show is sponsored by findhoustonseniorcare.com. If you would like to be a sponsor for the Life After 50 show, reach out to us via Facebook Messenger or reach out via the website. That's findhoustonseniorcare.com, F-I-N-D-H-O-U-S-T-O-N-S-E-N-I-O-R-C-A-R-E.com. Little bit long, but I think you can remember that. Okay, so Find Houston Senior Care helps you find the solutions that you need for care for a senior that you love in the greater Houston area. Go to the website, check it out, lots of information. But right now I wanna get onto our show because it is a topic that everybody is interested in knowing more about and that is what is anxiety. So I'm gonna bring up Dr. Kunal Patel and he is with Aptique Pharmacy. Dr. Patel, thank you for being on the show today. Good morning, Catherine. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. So, Dr. Patel, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself and about your pharmacy. Yeah. So, Aptique Pharmacy, we opened uh, last year in June. Uh, we're a full-service retail pharmacy. We're located on uh, Westland Street on the corner of uh, West Alabama and Westland. Um, we, uh, like I said, it's a a full-service retail pharmacy. We do compounding, uh, typical prescriptions, uh, immunizations, uh, but what we've also included in our product and uh, service mix, uh, really helpful things for uh, seniors especially. So we also do uh, blister packaging, so where we can package all these medications. If you, if, uh, if you or a loved one is taking multiple medications through the day, we can uh, blister package them into individual kits and you don't have to think about it. Hey, did I forget to take it? Did I take it this morning? You open up that, that pack and if it's empty, you've taken it. And we That can is so important, Dr. Patel. That really is because right. I don't take a lot of medications, but right. I do take some supplements and right. I can't remember if I took them or not, you know? Right. And when I do have to take a prescription, it's the same thing. So right. that is very helpful. Right. And I know people that are caring for seniors exactly. out there would find that very helpful too. So uh, I put the website up yep. on the screen. If you are listening to the podcast at a later date, I want to also spell it out. So it's A-P-T-E-E-K 
pharmacy, P-H-A-R-M-A-C-Y dot com. And that's apteckpharmacy.com. And you can get more information on that website. So Dr. Patel, let's talk about anxiety. Right. Yeah. So very interesting topic. Um, so when when we use the word anxiety in uh, everyday conversations, uh, it's a so, so we use the word in a very broad and general uh, way. You know, we we use it to describe uh, these feelings of nervousness, worrying, uh, tension. However, it's important to uh, pause for a second and really make some distinctions here on exactly what we were talking about to better understand uh, uh, this topic. So let's take it back a step or two. So Sigmund Freud, uh, a big name in psychology, uh, he used the term anxiety neurosis to uh, describe these feelings of uh, fearfulness, panic, uh, terror, and doom. Um, And so anxiety neurosis is classified into several distinct Uh, anxiety disorders uh, based on refined clinical uh, observations. So um, a tool uh, called the DMS, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, it's it's basically a manual, a book that a psychiatrist or psychologist may use to uh, diagnose and and help treat uh, their patients. So the DMS uh, creates this group of six recognized disorders. Um, and collectively, this group is called anxiety disorders. And within this group of six disorders, generalized anxiety disorder is one of the disorders. So when we say anxiety, most commonly we're referring to GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. Um, but keep in mind that this anxiety disorders encompasses six other uh, related uh, disease states as well. So. We, we have to uh, specify here that w- what we're discussing today is GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. So this is basically the just the general nervousness about everything, the, this fear of just day-to-day activities, uh, things like that. So the other uh, six that, that are there, so just kind of name a, a couple here. Uh, you have panic disorder, uh, social phobias, you know, uh, separation anxiety disorder. So, so these are the other sort of the classifications that, or, or these uh, disorders that show up in this uh, list of six. Um, so when, when we're talking about anxiety and general anxiety disorder, uh, anxiety is basically a fear of, uh, uh, fear of these uh, doom and gloom type uh, scenarios. And, you know, these are normal feelings. Uh, this is... And- and Dr. Patel, there's a lot of people that are feeling that right now. Right. They're Absolutely. experiencing that because our world has pretty much flipped upside down. Right. And everything that was normal before is not happening right now. So right. Um, what causes uh, people, I mean, we know that uh, what's going on in our world is causing some of this mm-hmm. anxiety, but are there other underlying causes that cause some people to become more prone to becoming anxious than than their counterpart. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so what we have to understand is anxiety is an evolutionary trait of humans, right? So a normal level of anxiety is normal. 
and it's actually needed. Uh, this is our coping mechanism. But uh, when this becomes excessive and persistent to where it interferes with your daily life, where the person can't function um, and they're constantly worrying about even the simplest thing, like simple household chores or car repairs, uh, appointments that they have, that's where it really becomes problematic. Um, now, the exact uh, uh, cause and the pathophysiology, we're still trying to figure out. Um, it's just now being uh, beginning to be understood as we advance in technology and we can see detailed brain imaging studies and so forth. Um, it appears that the brain amygdala, it's a very small portion within the brain. Uh, this brain amygdala uh, is responsible for uh, modulating this uh, uh, anxiety and, and fear in, in human beings. Um, now, it, it's responsible for this uh, perception of emotions such as this fear, anger, sadness. And when this uh, response becomes heightened, uh, it's a successive amount of, of this uh, a response. That's what's causing this anxiety. Uh, the other component of this is the uh, chemical imbalance uh, within the brain as well. Uh, so studies have reported, uh, you know, abnormalities, usually a uh, decrease in the uh, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, these GABA uh, systems in the body. Um, and so these chemical messengers, when they go out of, out of order, that's why we call it a disorder, uh, that's basically triggering these, right? So you're manipulating the mood of this person from a chemical point of view. Um, when these uh, when these uh, neurotransmitters decrease over time, or when these receptors downregulate, uh, the the body starts amplifying these uh, negative, uh, so to speak, feelings of this fear and, and nervousness. Um, what what's interesting here in anxiety is that uh, generalized anxiety disorder uh, it typically emerges in the early twenties, um, and it's important to note that it can also occur at even earlier ages in, in childhood. So this is a chronic uh, disorder, but over time, these symptoms may uh, become less severe with age, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and the reason why that's interesting is because there's the other portion of that, that um, yes, although it may become reduced uh, as, as we age, the symptoms will fluctuate depending on the environment that we're in. Mm -hmm. So, this is a coping mechanism, as I mentioned. So as we age, we learn to cope better, right? Right. So over hopefully. Time, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. So, so yeah. we can kind of talk it through. We can reason through these thoughts, right? And and little kids or younger folks may not be able to uh, reason as well. So so this is why we, we see this regulation or, or this, uh, uh, this slight decrease in the symptoms. But in a scenario like we're in today, you know, with this pandemic going on. So if you've got this... Um, anxiety, you know, and you're constantly worrying, well, I can't go to the doctor, I can't schedule my appointment, what happens, you know, uh, I need to go see my cardiologist, I need to go pick up my medications, I need to do this. So now this anxiety becomes amplified uh, right. based on the environment that we're in today. So there is a, a physiological um, disturbance that takes place. And then also the other component is the environmental portion of it. So mm -hmm. both of these are are kind of linked hand in hand. Um, and so there is also, we have to keep in mind a couple of other 
uh, things here. So that there is a possibility uh, in certain cases where you have a unrecognized medical condition that's underlying um, and you could also have a substance-induced anxiety disorder, right? So some over-the-counter medications you may be taking, um, some herbal supplements, uh, substances of abuse, you know, drugs, mm -hmm. alcohol, you know. Uh, so so these substance abuse disorders or underlying medical conditions may, may sometimes go undiagnosed if we're not looking for these things. So it's important that you evaluate the person as a whole, look at everything that you can, to really figure out what's causing this anxiety. It's not always just an imbalance in the neurotransmitters. It's, it's something that's causing that imbalance that you have to go back and also uh, figure out. Uh, genetic factors. Genetic factors mm -hmm. are, are a thing. Um, you know, studies have shown uh, links. So genetic and environmental factor uh, factors. So, um, yeah, we laugh in my family, Dr. Patel. We say mm -hmm. we got mom's worry gene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. she was a worrier big Correct. time. And, you know, I find myself sometimes going there. My brothers and yeah. sisters have noted that they do it too. Uh, we have learned, however, mm -hmm. to. Uh, use different techniques and different mm -hmm. ways of coping so that we don't worry as much as maybe she, she did over things. Yeah. Um, we recognize it. And I think, I think awareness is one of the big keys, uh, realizing that, yeah, I've got this, this problem. Uh, it tends to rear its head when things change in my life and everything is changing right now. Right. So what can I do to change that? So let's kind of move into that. Let's yeah. talk about uh, what are some of the treatment options for anxiety and what are the things that people need to be mindful of when mm -hmm. being treated with these options? And then sure. we're going to talk about uh, after that, some alternative options as yeah. well. Absolutely. So, uh, it's interesting you you mentioned about your mom being a warrior and uh, you uh, talking uh, through this. Um, so successful treatment options generally involved a combined therapy with uh, CBT, which is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and medications. Now, there have been good studies, placebo control uh, trials that actually show that in mild cases, CBT alone, this uh, cognitive behavioral therapy alone can be effective in just treating anxiety uh, and without medications. Now, when you, um, when you can combine this with medications, it's especially useful for these resistant cases. Um, so it is a very, very powerful thing. Um, so combining that with the meds is, is definitely there. So, so the first line treatment options. So in the medical community, we, we always kind of stage these, right? What are my first, first line options, second line uh, tertiary options? So as a first-line option, CBT and these first-line medications are right up there. Uh, you, of course, want to start with CBT if you, if, you wanna, uh, if you can avoid taking medications, that's what you and, want to do. And again, let's just tell everybody, CBT is yeah. cognitive, cognitive behavioral Behavior. therapy, correct? Exactly. And people can access a mental health professional now through Zoom calls. Or, exactly. or something similar yeah. to that, a Skype, some kind of a video call. There are yeah. professionals out there that can help you. So if you're experiencing this, do reach out. Don't don't try to just tough it out. Right. Absolutely. It's key um, because you don't want it to progress where you 
may cause yourself harm or others harm, um, uh, seek out the help that you need. Uh, the options are there. Just because we're in this lockdown uh, doesn't mean that you don't have access to the help that you need, right? So mm-hmm. um, reach out to your doctor, see see what options they have for telemedicine and access uh, access those resources. Um, so yes, uh, a CBT uh, generally uh, includes the self-reward as well as this uh, problem solving, and it can be as effective as medications uh, in some cases. Um, so the other options are also, uh, if you can't access CBT, then you can do relaxation therapy, uh, supportive psychotherapy, or mindfulness therapy. You know, so, so these are some alternate options as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when we start talking about medications, so sort of the, the go-to, the, the first lines. Now, these medications will vary based on individual, what their uh, uh, health is like, what their uh, physiologic conditions are, you know. But uh, the SSRI and the SNRI class of drugs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, um, or the SNRIs, the selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Um, so these are kind of the go-to drugs. Uh, so SSRIs include uh, medications such as your paroxetine or escitalopram. Uh, the SNRIs are your uh, venlafaxine, uh, duloxetine, let's do uh, name a few. So these are very good good medication options. Um, you may also have heard of uh, Xanax, uh, which is the brand name for alprazolam. Now, typically when we say, you know, a person suffers from uh, anxiety, they need a Xanax, give them a Xanax, you know, calm it down. But Xanax is not actually the, the first line option. Um, so especially in the elderly population. So we actually reserve that for a little bit further down the, the treatment uh, tree here. Um, Dr. Patel, I want to just touch on that because you mentioned the elderly population and a lot of my audience is that elderly right. population or they're caring for somebody in that mm-hmm. population. So there are certain drugs that would not be recommended for somebody uh, that is of a certain age, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, um, it can actually cause worse symptoms. Correct, correct. So um, there, there's actually a, a, a list. It's called the Beers Criteria, B-E-E-R-S, the, the Beers Criteria. Uh, it, it's a list of medications that is specifically uh, developed that seniors uh, or that you should use caution in seniors uh, or the elderly population because of the risk of side effects. So it kind of gives the drug, uh, what the concerns are and then what are options. Uh, uh, I'm putting to, that up there. It's B E R S criteria. B E double E R S. B E R S criteria. Oh, yep. okay. Let me fix that. Correct. Um, so yeah, so, uh, that's a list that, uh, your doctor may uh, be familiar with. They'll, they'll use to make sure now that doesn't mean that the drugs that appear on this list are never prescribed. Right. So we can always take some of these drugs that are, uh, that may be on the list and then we can use them at, uh, reduced uh, doses. Uh, some some drugs actually have uh, dosing for the elderly population uh, that are lower than your standard uh, doses for a younger adult. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind that it's not a exclusionary list where you if it appears on a list you cannot use it. That's that's certainly not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just things that they should be uh, cautious of. Um, Abuspirone is is another drug. Um, so we mentioned earlier that uh, there may be a reduction in the serotonin uh, neurotransmitter. So abuspirone kind of binds to these receptors where serotonin binds, and it sort of mimics the effects of serotonin in, in elevating the, the mood and so forth. Um, 
So the, the other thing is that buspirone and a lot of these other drugs can also be used to treat depression. Um, depression is a frequent complication uh, of anxiety. So if you can find a drug that works for both, you're essentially killing two birds with one stone because you're, you're treating the depression and the anxiety because they sort of go hand in hand. Um, now, things to look out for when, when uh, taking these drugs. A lot of these medications aren't instant. Uh, you're not gonna see results on day one that you take. You have to take them for two to three weeks to see some results. Um, and then even then the dosing has to be adjusted to make sure it's effective. So you start taking this, you may take it for two to three weeks. The doctor may talk to you again, may want to evaluate you, see how it's working. If it's not, you'll have to adjust the dose, give it another week or two to, to bring that uh, dosing back up in line. So, so it's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. uh, these, these medications need adjusting until you find that proper dose. Um, and the uh, uh, reverse, so, so if you need to stop this medication, if you've been on it for a prolonged time, um, you can't just stop. You've got to taper down. Uh, you, you've got to slowly discontinue this. And again, your, your doctor will work with you on what or how much of the dose to reduce or exactly how to taper this dose down. Uh, depending on how long uh, you've been taking this medication. Uh, so side effects to look out for. Every medication has side effects and every individual will react uh, differently to, to every medication. Um, so you're, you're looking at side effects, uh, what we call NVD, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, the common ones, uh, headaches, dry mouth, uh, drowsiness, increased agitation, dizziness. Now, generally these medications are well tolerated. Um, if you start taking this and you start experiencing these and they're tolerable, give it a day or two or three and, and see how it works. Usually if they're very mild over, over a period of couple of days, they should start to go away. If they don't, or they become too bothersome, or you just can't tolerate this, call the doctor and say, Hey doc, I, this is not working. This is what I'm experiencing. Talk about it. Let them know the, the more information you can give your healthcare provider, the better it is. Yeah. Um, now, I will add to this that we have patients who are using, who may be using multiple pharmacies uh, just because of convenience or insurance reasons, whatever that may be. Um, we have patients who are seeing multiple doctors. You may have your psychiatrist, mm -hmm. you may have your cardiologist, your GI. So it's important to let every doctor know what medications you're taking, regardless of who it was prescribed by. Mm -hmm. Even if you think it's not relevant, you know, why would my cardiologist need to know if I'm taking something for heartburn? You know, that's a GI problem. It's important. It, it is important. Right. You know, I've always, always been a firm believer that you're going to have multiple doctors. I mean, that's right. that's a given. You can't get away from that. But have one pharmacist right. because that pharmacist will know what's going on with what all medications that you're on. And they'll be able to see the whole picture mm -hmm. and be able to help you with that. Keep in communication with your pharmacist. I'm huge believer in that. Exactly. Um, we have a comment here. Somebody, Julie Peters, is asking about CBD oil. That's been okay. uh, very much in the um, yeah. uh, industry. We've been hearing a lot about CBD. Uh, does it work? Does it help with anxiety? She says, I've been wanting to take it, but I just don't know what. So right. what can you tell us about that and about other alternative treatments. Sure. So CBD is this uh, next uh, hot thing in the, uh, in the market right now, right? It's got all these claims for uh, being useful for anxiety and uh, a lot of these other, you know, 
uh, conditions, pain, and so forth. So uh, things to note here is that the FDA has approved a CBD product, uh, a CBD drug called Epidiolex, uh, for used in seizures for persons age two, so kids, all the way to adulthood. Right. So this is the only condition that the FDA has approved CBD for. Okay. Now folks have been using this over the counter. It's now available as a supplement everywhere you go. Um, and folks are using it for a variety of, of uses. I have patients who come into my pharmacy, buy CBD oil, and they're using it for anxiety. So the, the robust research that, that we need to say, yes, it's effective. Yes, it's safe. At what doses? How much do we need to take? How frequently? We don't have that just yet. Um, but as laws and regulations kind of relax, uh, I think that's going to be forthcoming. Um, however, I will say this, and, and this is not an official, you know, clinical uh, 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 diagnosis or a clinical or, or an objective analysis here, but patients that are taking it, uh, who have come up to me and said, hey, I want to try it, we, we look through their uh, medication list, their disease conditions or disease states. Um, first, we evaluate, is it safe for you to take? Um, is it going to interact with any of your medications, you know? Um, do you have any illnesses or anything that that's gonna uh, cause any issues if you're taking this and let your doctors know let your pharmacists know that you're taking it um, and then if you if you try it you know here's here's how we feel you should dose it so folks who have come in who have purchased this product from us and they're using it i have seen uh, that their anxiety has decreased so anecdotally yes i can say that it does help um, and now there's also uh, this thing where you've got to find your dose, right? Because like I said, mm -hmm. we don't have the exact dosing. Um, I've had patients that come in and say, hey, this stuff doesn't work. And then we say, okay, how much are you taking? How frequently are you taking it? When are you taking it? Uh, with food, without food? And then we, we make these modifications and all of a sudden now, now they start seeing results. Um, mm -hmm. Oils versus capsules versus food items, you know, these all have different... Um, uh, caveats and, and different things you want to look out for. So uh, the short answer to your question is, yes, it may be potentially, uh, it may be helpful. Um, I have patients who have found benefit from it. But before you go out to your uh, CBD shop or your uh, smoke shop and, and just pick up a bottle, it's critical to understand that not all CBD is created equal. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to go to a reputed source where you can look at or with the person selling this to you can can look at this uh, in an objective manner you know run drug drug interactions you know look at your other medications patients on blood thinners uh warfarin for example uh i say do not take it because it does interfere with your warfarin mm -hmm. so so these are the things that are critical that a, a a cbd shop may not be able to give you some input on um and so Come in, talk to us if you have any questions. I mean, we'll be happy to answer them. I've had 30, 45 minute long conversations with patients uh, who are uh, interested in trying. Um, and then ultimately they said, you know, this is not not the right thing for me. And, and that's what's important is that we educate the patient and we let them decide. We, we tell them to talk to their doctors, uh, make this a, a group uh, sort of decision between you, the healthcare provider, you know, uh, your caretakers, and and then you you decide to try it. But yes, uh, possibly CBD is a up and coming thing, and uh, anecdotally it has shown some evidence uh, to be uh, beneficial. Great, great. Now, what other what other supplements do you yeah. 
um, recommend or see people using with mm -hmm. success? I know I have used something and we'll see if it's on your yeah. list. And if not, I'll tell you what I'm using. So so when it comes to supplements, it, it's actually uh, it, it's a hit or a miss, right? Because every supplement comes with its own uh, pros and cons, so to speak, right? So kava, for example, uh, there were some studies showing that kava may be beneficial. Um, and then more studies show that it caused severe liver damage, uh, yeah. you know, Lavender, uh, limited studies suggest uh, aromatherapy with lavender can help kind of relax it. But uh, if you take it orally, which it can be taken uh, or orally as well, um, it can help reduce anxiety, but uh, may cause constipation, headaches, low blood pressure. Um, valerian root, I know, is one uh, that folks uh, often use to calm and relax themselves. Uh, it's had some mixed reports. Some studies show, yes, it's effective. Some said uh, not as well. Uh, we don't have any long-term data on it. Uh, again, the headaches and dizziness, drowsiness are sort of the common things. Um, so with supplements, it, it's really a, a hit or a miss. Mm -hmm. um, and the part of the problem is that, one, we don't have you know, these robust data that, that we in the medical community like to see, right? Because everything that we do, we want something on paper, black and white. This is the dose. This is how well it works. This is how you adjust it. You know, this is what we were used to seeing day in and day out with prescription medications. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have that with supplements. They're not regulated by the FDA as, as they are, uh, as the prescription medications are. Uh, every manufacturer uh, may not have the same potency or the purity of, of the substance that's in there. Um, right. So what I will suggest, though, is that if you do want to try supplements, go to a reputed brand. Uh, there are professional supplement brands out there uh, that can give you certificates of analysis. So one of the brands we carry is called Orthomolecular. And if I put a call into a sales rep and say, hey, I got this product from you. I need the COA on it, the certificate of analysis. I need to know if it contains 25 milligrams of something. I want to know it has 25 milligrams and I want to know that it's 100% pure. Yeah. Uh, there's there's nothing else in it. Um, and so so these are uh, buying good quality supplements. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it, it something that you can uh, do to help uh, kind of take one of the, the cons out of the, the mix here, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so supplements possibly. Uh, the ultimate goal with anxiety is that you want to uh, calm yourself, right? You, uh, you want to calm the person down. So mm -hmm. anything that's going to help relax and calm the person uh, is a good treatment option. So sometimes it may just be a, a warm cup of tea, you know, mm -hmm. just a regular tea that's caffeine yeah. free, maybe that, uh, just to that relax is, that person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and watching watching your intake of caffeine may be may be needed when you're you know uh, when I have more anxiety I make sure I only have the one cup a day not right. the second I don't have that second if I'm suffering from anxiety exactly. at that time um, I, I'll tell you a supplement that my husband and I use and mm -hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing it right it's L theanine yeah, yep. that that one is the one we uh, that's kind of our go to. Um, okay. What I like about it is I don't have to use it every day. Right. Um, I'll take it that evening, go to sleep, sleep well, um, maybe take another one in the morning. And usually by then I've gotten kind of more balanced right. and able to go on about my yep. business um, when this first coronavirus stuff hit and I was watching way too much news in the mm -hmm. beginning. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and I did have to resort to using that uh, a few extra days. Yeah. 
And then I decided to take a news fast and that sure. helped. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? So if you do try something, um, see how it works. If, if you, so talk to your doctors, let them know what you're taking. So everybody is kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then, so if something starts to go out of line, we can start looking at things and say, Hey, this is what's changed. You know, is this affecting it? And if you find something that's working well, if the doctor is monitoring you, there's not causing any side effects. Uh, and I mean, you know, by all means use it, you know, if it's helping with your anxiety, you're not having any side effects. Like I said, every person is different. So every, we're not going to say exactly. Yeah, There's no blanket answer for exactly. everybody. I agree. So, I agree. Um, so a couple of quick, uh, self, uh, self-help tips. If we have a little bit of time. I wanna, yes, that I wanna, would be yeah. great. So things you can do at home, right? Uh, sometimes with the help of, uh, somebody in the home or uh, by yourself, um, first is uh, to uh, connect with others, you know, have people around you, build a support system. Uh, this is key. And I mean, you don't need to have a, a large group of people. You just need those few two, three uh, persons who are going to be there for you, who can spend some time um, and listen to you. So uh, use the support system to talk it out. When you start getting anxious, when you start getting worried about something, call up your friend and uh, uh, talk it out with them. Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what's going on. And, and sometimes that can help calm you down because the friend can provide some reassurances. Now, if this friend is something like, uh, or someone like your mother, who's a constant worrier, that it's may not, not be the best person you want to contact. No. Because that's <laughs> you know? so, so find the friend who's, who, who can actually help you in, in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and know that uh, having generalized anxiety disorder, you know, it can get in the way of things. Let people who you interact with on a daily basis, on a frequent basis, know that, right? So um, if I'm taking care of somebody who has GAD, for example, um, and if I if I know that, hey, whenever this person is having this anxiety uh, episode, uh, they, they tend to get uh, very withdrawn or they, they tend to get uh, very angry uh, at, at other folks because they're just expressing them, themselves, give them some space, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or talk them out. So it's important that you or a person who you're uh, around all day can kind of pick up on some of these cues um, so that they can better help you. Um, And if you can tell them, if you're able to pick it up and and tell them and educate them on it, then that's even better because now they know exactly what to look out for. Um, Learn to uh, calm down quickly is the other thing, you know, so uh, we we mentioned just a hot cup of tea to relax you. So Mm -hmm. one thing you can do is to take your mind off of off of this anxiety is kind of tap into your senses. And what we mean by that is, you know, sight, for example, look at something that's going to relax you. Either it it may be pictures of your uh, grandkids or uh, family vacation, you know, old memories, Uh, you know, something that's going to calm you, relax you, put a smile on your face. It may be pictures of kittens on the Internet. Uh, (laughs) That's what makes you uh, makes you happy. Um, Sound, listening to some soothing music can also help a person uh, calm down. Um, Smell. Uh, light a small, uh, like a light scented candle, nothing too heavy, just just the aroma. Go out for a walk, smell the fresh air if you don't have allergies. Um, of course, you don't want to, you know, go out and smell the fresh air currently with this uh, COVID-19 thing going on, but uh, on, on a good day, go out for a walk. It, it's great. Um, get exercise, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you're, if you're able to get up and move around, like I said, go for a walk outside. Uh, exercise is a, a natural and a very effective uh, anti-anxiety, uh, treatment, uh, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, and also reduces the stress hormones in the body. 
uh, and on the opposite end, it, it increases the endorphins, so the feel-good hormones. So that uh, that can also help meditation, um, yoga, simple stretches, you know, in the house, um, deep breathing uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. So just relax and just focus on your breathing and, and just uh, calm your calm yourself down, calm your mind down. And last, uh, develop healthy habits. You know, get good sleep. Uh, you know, uh, limit your caffeine intake. You mentioned limit alcohol and nicotine because all of these can speed up the heart rate and make mm-hmm. anxiety worse. Uh, and eat right. Now, interesting uh, little tidbit on alcohol. So alcohol uh, also works on the same receptors that some of these other medications works on uh, these benzodiazepine receptors. So people may feel uh, a little relaxed when they when they have a sip or two of alcohol, but this can easily progress in in the opposite direction because when you've had too much, it can actually amplify things, um, and over time it can actually also uh, uh, lead into substance abuse, uh, mm-hmm. with substance abuse itself can then cause further anxiety um, and and the substance abuse can come from this alcohol or the medications that they're taking um, if they're habit forming medications so you know limiting alcohol limiting uh, this nicotine is a is key as well you know stick to that one cup of coffee in the morning and uh, and mm-hmm. you know and, just to learn, to learn to pay attention yeah. to your body and what exactly. works for it. Yeah. 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 All great advice. Everything Absolutely. there. Great advice. The only thing I would add is take a news fast. You do not mm-hmm. need to watch the news 24 seven, right. especially right now. There's just too much out there. Um, start monitoring what you're looking at on Facebook. You don't have to read every post out there, especially the ones that are negative and they cause, Mm -hmm. if you start feeling your heart rate go up when you're reading something, that's a good sign. You know, if you start feeling a nervous uh, feeling in your stomach um, or you're feeling headachey, that's a good sign that you need to back off from from that information. Um, I always used to say, you know, if something major happens, somebody will call and tell me I don't have to be monitoring it 24 seven. So um, Dr. Patel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but uh, great information, really good information. And I know it's helped a lot of people here today. If you want to reach out to Dr. Patel um, and talk to him or take a look at his website, go to abteakpharmacy.com and that's A-P-T-E-E-K pharmacy.com and take a look around. He's got some, uh, a lot of uh, uh, interesting things on his website and a lot of good information on your website yeah. too, some videos and all that are good. That's so cool. thanks again for being on the show and uh, everybody, we'll see you next week. Not sure who our guest will be, but I'm guarantee you it'll be somebody you want to hear from. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Catherine.